Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of the You Made New podcast. I'm Jay-Z. And today, I just want to keep it simple. I haven't scripted this one. I'm just going to kind of pretend that we're sitting across the table from each other, maybe going out to lunch or just chatting. And I just want to share my story. I know that won't relate to everybody, um, specifically my story with sugar addiction. So if it doesn't, skip this episode. It's fine. (laughs) I won't get offended. (laughs) I just know that when I began to walk this journey myself, no one was really talking about this. And I wasn't even very comfortable with it. And so maybe to have someone, even if it's only through a podcast, share what they've been through when it comes to this and that it was a real thing and that you're not imagining that you might be addicted to something as simple as chocolate or brownies or whatever. I'm just trying to offer some support and some hope and encouragement that there is um, something else out there and something better. So let me just start with the fact that I would never, never have told you that I was addicted. (laughs) I would have been in full denial. Like it's not an addiction. I just have a sweet tooth. I just really like chocolate. It's and and it was a very happy thing for me. It wasn't a problem. I really didn't concern myself about it too much except when I binged. Except every once in a while and even then sometimes I was in such denial that I was like, yeah, I just I I just cut it. You joke about it, you know, right? Or laugh about your binge. But I didn't really um concern myself the way I might have had the substance been something else like heroin or alcohol or, or opioids, or I I just, because it was food, number one, and because so many people did the same thing, right? Because everyone around me, um, kind of had the same love for treats and it was such an acceptable thing. I, I just, either I was in such denial or repression or whatever. I just didn't let myself really look at it. Um, especially again, because it was such a comfort to me and it was such a happy thing to me. I think maybe my subconscious mind was like, no way. Like, and I'd heard, I'd heard myself say that many times, like life is too short. I am not giving this up. So for a very long time, I just, this is just how it went. Of course, um, every once in a while, like I said, I'd feel like I needed to master it. And so I'd start a new diet and try to, you know, rein myself in. But it felt, it felt like trying to hold my breath. After so long, you just exhale. You just couldn't do it anymore. And, and I, even if I cleaned out the house, I'd just get in the car and, and it was like welcoming back an old friend. I, I'd go right back to it. So again, there was just not a lot of recognition, um, that it was, had become something I was addicted to. And I'll explain what finally opened my eyes, but I just think it's okay if you're in that place. Like I, I just, it was where I was at. I had a lot on my plate that I was dealing with and it was a huge coping mechanism for me. And so I think we can all be very gentle with ourselves if that is the place we find ourselves in. Um, the, the knowledge really isn't out there, um, that much that sugar is as addictive as it is. The science is saying it's eight times more addictive than cocaine. (laughs) You know, I don't know if that's true or not, but it sure felt like it for me. 
And once I began trying to deal with it, boy, that, that definitely manifested itself in my life. It was a tough one. My body was very attached, but be gentle with yourself. It's, we're just trying to cope the best we can. And sometimes food is a very easy, cheap, legal, socially acceptable, even religiously acceptable way to do it. And so let's just not get caught in shame, but maybe just be able to step back for a minute and look at it and go, okay, you know, if you're at the place where you're starting to grapple with it and go, you know, maybe this is a thing, be kind to yourself. What started me, um, well, I'll put it this way. What was my wake up call was actually a weekend that I've, I just hit rock bottom. And I know you people, you've heard people say that probably before, but it wasn't with the actual addiction. It was with my emotions, like just a complete meltdown, um, an argument with a loved one and, and just completely things blowing up in my face. And I remember I felt like I was just flat on the floor, just crawling my way in prayer to the Lord going, I don't even know how to process this. I, I had, I had been through some emotional stuff. I was um, dealing with some depression. I had seven kids really young at home. And so that was really easy to blame it on that. Um, but also mood swings and restlessness. I thought it was just my hormones after all the pregnancies or maybe, you know, my life, all the demands. I wasn't quite sure. I'd been to some doctors. One doctor was, was suggesting antidepressants. I just kind of felt like that wasn't the answer for me. I'm not saying it isn't the answer for everyone. Um, but I was an emotional, I was an emotional basket case and that weekend it just exploded in my face. And I remember just tenderly begging the Lord, like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be this person. I can't be a mother and a wife like this. I'm, I'm just so done. Um, I just, I don't know where to turn. I don't know how to find answers and I just need help. So for me, again, it wasn't off of a binge. It was an emotional breakdown. So I, I know without a doubt that the reason a friend suggested a book to me the very next day was an answer to that prayer. And the book was on sugar addiction and I didn't make the connection at the time. Just something in me said, yeah, I need to check that out. This is the funny thing. And this is a little tangent, but the truth is I had actually found that book at the library two years before and checked it out deep in my denial of my sugar addiction. I had, you know, it, it shows my conscious mind was at least acknowledging it somewhat that I had picked up that book and brought it home, but I read it and I went, Oh, this is ridiculous. And no, this is too restrictive. And she's not reasonable and rational. And I don't like this, you know, all the, all the excuses. And so I took it back to the library. Now, now two years later, my friend suggests it after a weekend like that. And something in me just said, just, just let's go again. Let's give it a look. And this time with new eyes to see in her first chapter, the book is the sugar addicts total recovery program by Kathleen de Maison. And it, it, uh, her first chapter is the science behind what's going on in the brain of a sugar addict. And it was the very first time in my life. Someone explained my crazy, like I, I just, you know, those times when you read a chapter and you think she gets it like on every level. She's talking right to me. It was just so um, comforting to have someone say, no, you're not just weak. 
And it's not just that you don't have willpower and you're not just a big loser because you can't stop eating chocolate. There is a reason your body is addicted. And this is what happens in an addictive body. She talks a lot about our brain chemicals being imbalanced, one being serotonin. And so when your serotonin is low because you've not eaten the right kind of diet to promote that, high sugar diet drops that level. Then, of course, all of a sudden, here I was, eyes wide up open, hearing her say depression is a side effect of a high sugar diet. Again, I'm not saying everyone with depression, it's coming from their diet. There just was a leak. And for me, I will say now, 15 years after I found this book and after I changed my diet, the depression disappeared and has been gone ever since. So for me, I do know that it was my diet. It was what I was eating. But at that moment, I just was shocked because I thought, oh my heavens, I'm doing this to myself. It's not my kids. It's not my husband. It's not our stress. Granted, some of those things might have contributed a little bit. But I was doing it to myself. And the more she described not just depression as a side effect, but emotional upheaval, exactly like I was experiencing. Um, A short fuse, a quick temper. Ooh, that one hit home. That was very painful for me because I had a quick temper with my kids. And to hear her say things like, these are the outcomes of not having your chemicals balanced. You're going to be really irritable at times. And you're going to have restlessness and mood swings because your blood sugar is imbalanced. And all kinds of other things that went along with it. I, I just sat there in shock. Having someone finally explain to me why my emotional state was a wreck was, was absolutely mind blowing. Now I've taught, um, on sugar addiction enough and coached enough that I've had people in the office speaking to me saying, well, I don't have depression. I, that's not my thing. I just like sugar and I can't stop eating it. (laughs) And I get, I get that. And, and that may be you. It may not be affecting you emotionally like it did for me. And I've coached people through that. It, too. She still offers science on the body and and what's going on physically and and what causes the actual addiction. So if yours is more simple, don't don't turn this off. Let's still just walk this path together and we'll talk about some things. But um, and I'll explain why I think um, there was emotional connection for me. But it manifests different in each of us. But it's still um, very. Um, real that the body can get addicted to this substance the same way it can get addicted to other substances. I, I don't know why we get so surprised by this. I think it's because we love it so much and we don't want to admit. But if you think about marijuana or cocaine, they all come from plants. <laughs> They're all just a plant that has been processed and ground down into a fine substance. And the body does fine. If you, if you chew on a leaf of any of those plants, you're not going to have the same effects as when it's ground down to into a fine substance. And so the same thing happens with sugar. It's, it's a plant that has just been ground down and our body in that refined state. And especially in the amounts that we are, are giving ourselves, you think of the, the soda and the sugar, how many pounds we eat of sugar compared to our ancestors and how little they ate. We're exposed to so much sugar in this refined state that the body just can't handle it. And so, yes, there's some adverse effects and yes, there's some addictive tendencies with this substance, just like all other substances. So 
Um, a lot more of this science is in my sugar addiction class and in that book. And there's more information there if you want to check that out. But what happened for me is I, I knew that it wasn't just a problem. I knew it was the Lord's way of saying, do you want a different life? Do you want to be a different person? That's what you prayed for. Do you want to calm the crazy? Here, here's your answer. And so I started down the path with this program. Um, I will not say it was easy. I mean, my body was addicted. But what I will say, because this is a gospel-centered podcast, and I love that I'm so free to say this, um, sometimes when I coach in my office and I coach with someone that's not really a believer in God, it's, it's a little more difficult for me. Yes, I have answers. Absolutely, there's some answers to what you can do um, to to free the body. Her book, for example, is not God-centered or Christ-centered. And so there's some wonderful strategies there. But for me, the key to all of it was that I finally grabbed tight onto Christ's hand and said, I, this will just be another program unless you help me. Sorry, this gets me emotional. I have to breathe for a minute. I just told him, if you don't, if you don't help me, I'll, I'll binge again in three days. And, and I did sometimes in my road to recovery, but I clung to him like a drowning woman. (laughs) I just knew there was no way out of this, that it went so deep for me that if he didn't help, that if his grace wasn't the core focus for me, and that it wasn't the program, it was him. And that he was leading me through the program that was right for me. There's lots of programs, by the way, that I talk about in my class. There's a few other options. You don't have to do that program. Um, we're all very different, and I've had clients handle it very differently. But I really believe when it comes to something like this addiction, that the key is in letting Christ empower us and enable us and make us able to fight something that very much can swallow us up if left to ourselves and has for years, right? How many times have we tried out of our own strength? And just been, you know, completely hopeless and a complete failure over and over. The more we try, the more willpower we threw at it, the less we were able to do. So I knew willpower through this program wasn't the answer. It came through him. And I will say that for me, it took about six months. I'd, I'd go clean and, 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 and follow the steps for a while. And then something would happen or an old trigger would would pop up and I'd break down and binge. And then I'd feel so terrible that I, okay, I'm doing it again. I'm starting again. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to move forward. And it was kind of this two steps forward, one step back for a little while. But again, having patience and compassion with myself that I'd taken a lot of years to get my body into that state. And it wasn't overnight going to be conquered. Granted, I know some addictions are healed overnight and maybe that's your story. Oh, how I hope it is. For me, it took longer. It took several months, but I will say by about the six month mark on my last binge, I felt again, so terrible because with every binge, the cravings would just come back with a vengeance and I would just be driven into the kitchen and my body would just be screaming at me to have more chocolate. And when I was eating clean and, and trying to, um, avoid this substance that my body was so reactive with, those cravings calmed down completely. I finally, by the last binge, I just went, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I want to be the person that I am when I am feeding myself the right way. And so I finally, from that point on, I really was um, ready and entered the world without sugar and learned to find joy in other things. Now, this is where I really want to take a tangent because that sweet book, the sugar addicts, total recovery program was my answer. I tweaked it a little. And I talk about my class. I didn't do everything she says to do. I changed it. 
again, spirit led, prayerfully adapted it to my lifestyle. But that book for me was the answer to the physical component was the answer to, um, how to balance the chemicals in my brain and balance my blood sugar and, and get those cravings to calm down. So my body wasn't screaming at me. You know how, when you're in the house, I, I, I know a sugar addict understands this, you know, where the sugar is and it calls to you. <laughs> Even if you put it in the top of the pantry or hidden in the back of the freezer, you know, it's there. And part of your brain is always like, Ooh, go get it, go get it, go get it, go get, or get in the car, go, go get some more. That stopped my brain and my body really reached a balanced state, but I was attached emotionally, not just physically. Um, chocolate. If I, the more I began to watch myself, I would eat not when my stomach was growling, not when my body necessarily was always asking for food. I used food to comfort me emotionally, to fill the emotional void. Um, to, I was a huge emotional eater. And so there was a twofold process for me, um, to not just heal my body so that my body didn't need to scream for sugar. My soul was screaming for sugar too. And again, it was my coping mechanism. It was my comfort. Kind of like we talked about in an earlier episode about what is your comfort. It, it was my comfort for my soul. <laughs> Do you, I hope you know what I mean. Those of you that, that see that it's, it's just such a, an escape, um, a bliss, just this happy little treat or reward after a hard day. And so I had to address the emotional eating component, which is why I've designed classes in my, in my school on emotional eating, but even more so how to let Christ be our comfort. I, I knew that's where I needed to head. And, and I've had many people say the same thing to me. I know I need to lean on him, not the food. I just don't know what that's supposed to look like. And I know we've talked about it a bit in some of the episodes, but it's this, this answer right here is my deepest passion. It's teaching, um, because there was no one to teach me what that was supposed to look like. And I couldn't really answer the question for when people would ask me that because I didn't know how to lean on someone I couldn't see, couldn't hear, couldn't feel, couldn't wrap their arms around me and hug me or, or put a taste on my tongue. My, my comfort came from tangible things that I could feel and see. It wasn't always just food, right? Sometimes it was social media or shopping, <laughs> retail therapy, or going to my husband to try to get him to comfort me. It was always a tangible thing. And so the prospect of moving to a place where I could be comforted by a being that couldn't, wasn't right in front of me, that kind of blew my mind. And so that's why my satisfied class exists. It's why it's eight sessions long. And and why, um, I, I, I would love to just load it all onto the blog, but it it's, or onto the podcast, excuse me, but it's, it's a little complicated and it takes some internal work and just some time on our knees. I will say that I do not believe that the answer to finding Christ has our comfort instead of food means doing more, more time in scriptures, more time in church, working harder, running faster, like more spiritual stuff. I already was doing a lot of that and it wasn't, it wasn't until I shifted and began to put my focus, not on doing religious things, but on knowing a person, knowing him. 
and his voice began to be tangible to me and began to be more real and his grace and his love flooding my heart, I began to understand what that was like as my comfort. And it began to be so much bigger and more fulfilling um, and more addicting. Maybe we'll just use that word. Food all of a sudden felt like this tiny little counterfeit that just was so insignificant in comparison with the way he could fill my soul. Again, I'm getting emotional. I'm trying to keep it under control. (laughs) So it's probably not a beautiful thing for me to lose it this way (laughs) in a podcast. But he he has just flooded me with deliverance, with comfort, with love, with joy, with all those things that my soul was so hungry for and trying to get through a cookie. I mean, again, let's have compassion with ourselves, but a cookie can't do it. It, it obviously did on some level, right? Because we all keep going back and keep going back. It, there was a small reward. There was a small little hit, a little rush, but not the way Christ can feed us. Not the way the bread of life and the living water can just pour into us with such abundance that Christ says, you'll never hunger or thirst again. John 6, 35, you'll never hunger or thirst again when you partake of me. That's, that's why, excuse me, that's what I had to learn. I'd been a church girl my whole life and I'd never truly partaken of the bread of life like this. And once I tasted what it really felt like, the sugar was just so inconsequential. People ask me all the time, how can you eat like this? It's been 15 years. I didn't touch sugar ever for about 12. Well, five years in, I, um, I tried it after five years of none, no sugar and and really being healed and stable and in a beautiful place. I just thought, I wonder, I wonder how I'd react. I wonder if I could handle it normally now. So I, I spent two or three days just eating sugar and just seeing what happened. And I went right back to that dark emotional place very, very fast. My body went right back to the old patterns and I went, okay, I needed to know that I'm staying on this path because it's, it's where this is so much better than who I was as a wife and a mom was so different, stable, emotional, joy-filled, um, not crashing, not in depression, not with that short temper, man, it was gone. Didn't mean I never got a little irritated with the kids, but not like I used to that raising my voice, yelling at the kids was gone. And I was just a different person. And so that's what keeps me on the path. It's not a number on the scale at all. It actually, I mean, if it could be a motivator for you, for me, the emotional um, changes and the spiritual changes were so profound that they keep me on this path. I've learned um, about 12, 13 years into my journey. I've learned I can, I can do a little dark chocolate. I can have a bite here and there because I'm so far into my journey and into my recovery that my body doesn't respond like it used to. And so one bite during Christmas of a thing here and there won't send me into a binge anymore. So I, you know, I'm to a place now where I can do a little honey. I can do, you know, I, I, a little bit, but for the most part, I'm sensitive that my body needs care and needs to be fed correctly to be in this place. And I want to stay in this place. So it's worth it. I, I know that wasn't much. We're already past time of where I usually <laughs> try to stop. I could talk about this for another hour. 
I know. And, and when I've talked to others, there's so many questions because you don't, I had never talked to somebody that had been through this before. And I had a million questions and that's the reason I've created my classes. I don't want to ever sound self-promoting. Like go take my classes, but I just offer them, tried to keep them inexpensive. I just offer them as a way for a friend to give answers, a friend, a coach, a mentor to say, I've been there. I know it's hard. I know it's terrifying to think about life without sugar. Don't panic. Don't worry. It can happen slowly. The healing will come and Christ can be with you in such a way that he's going to transform your life. This this isn't just about breaking addiction, an addiction or changing the number on the scale. This is about getting your life back. Maybe in a way you've never had it before. That's how radically things changed when I took the sugar and the white flour out of my diet. White flour responds like sugar in the body. When I took those two things out, everything changed. And so now I'm a proponent of just saying, listen, I know I've had people in tears, many people in tears in my office just saying, I can't, I'm too attached. I've tried to offer every resource in my online school that I can to just walk you through that process gently to give you answers, books, things you can read, but also a friend to maybe hold your hand a little bit and say, you know what, this is worth it. Would you ever look at someone that was trying to stop smoking and say, you know what, it's too hard. Don't do it. I know it's too hard. Give up. We know the health benefits of, of making change and, and prolonging life. And we're saying, you can do it. We'll say that you can do it. You can do it. It's worth it. Hang in there. I I believe that about this too. The, The changes are that big. Yes, it's difficult, but Christ, boy, with him, nothing's impossible, right? If we believe it, (laughs) it really is true. I offer all the love in my heart. Um, I hope this helps. I hope this offers comfort. If you are ready to walk this journey, um, join me and and hopefully you'll have the same life-changing experience as you rely on your Savior to begin to see changes in your life. Thanks for joining me. I I really hope you enjoyed our session today.